Here's what's coming up on today's show. Really just making sure that they're seeing each other's perspective rather than being dug in on their own, because otherwise that's going to cause additional issues you know, for the relationship down the road. There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. It's time for another edition of the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart, founder at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial, and myself to complete the other half of our podcast on different personality types. We were having a conversation around, should your advisor tailor a plan to fit your personality type? And we went through the first four and you can get, uh, check those out if you have not listened to the podcast. You don't need to listen to the first one to listen to the second one, but you know, certainly it would be good to listen to both so that you can find out which personality type you might be, if any. And you can find that information at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. Or you could just type in Retirement Success Blueprint into the search box of like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify, whichever one you happen to use. So we're going to finish up with the other four this go around. Uh, Mike, we are into later March and uh, things are opening up nicely. Weather's getting better all around the country all the time. Maybe travel is starting to become uh, the hot topic for folks coming in to see you. Yeah, it has, and especially, you know, coming off the last couple of years and that everything's been reopening over the past year. And we've got a lot of clients that are coming in for, you know, their spring reviews. And, you know, yeah, we'll talk about the markets and, you know, what happened last year, what we think is going to go go forward. You know, we managed to, you know, hold up pretty well, you know, right. kind of keep our head above water a lot of times. But a lot of the things that they've actually been talking about is all the things they have planned. We've got clients, you know, they, they we always have them going to Florida and South Carolina and Arizona and California and all those. But now we've got clients talking about maybe the strength of the dollar helps out on this, too, is we got several clients taking trips to Italy, some doing Norwegian cruise lines. We have one other client that, you know, his daughter's in Germany and he and his wife are flying out there and then they're taking a train over two weeks all through different places in Germany. Uh, Karen and I will be in Switzerland in September. So, you know, we've nice. seen it in our, pra- in our practice just where, you know, not only are people doing the domestic travel, but all is the world's reopening back up. They're starting to take advantage of some of the international travel. And I think it's kind of like a coiled spring. It's that, you know, yeah, I wanted to do that. I want to do that. And once that was taken away from you for a couple of years, now all of a sudden you're like, now I'm going to go do that. Yeah. Yeah. You're ready to let that coil uh, release and, and bounce, right? So you're ready <laughs> to, yeah, ready to go. And uh, I, I can certainly understand that. So, and, you know, hopefully we'll have a nice, uh, nice spring and summer as well so far. Uh, and as for going to Florida, South Carolina, all the, you know, Arizona, as a North Carolinian, I'm just saying we're the better Carolina if you want to stop in North Carolina. <laughs> At but least for basketball. There right? you go. Oh, okay. All right. There you go. Uh, but yeah, no matter where you want to go, the Carolinas are great. So uh, let's jump back into our conversation and pick up on the second half, the other four personality types. We went through the victim, the overanalyzer, the do-it-yourselfer, the ostrich. So let's start with number five now, Mike, the silo stalker. Say that three times real fast. Uh, this is that worst case scenario person who this is the person who bought way too much toilet paper and made everybody else pay, you know mad during the pandemic. 
Yeah, this is a lot of individuals and, you know, you call them kind of like the, the doomsayers and, and those are, you know, the, the, what the survivalists even. You oh, know, preppers. That, that, yeah. Yeah. Preppers. That's a, that's a good way to look at it. You know, they're the ones who, you know, and I know them right out, right out of the gate, you know, and once again, it's, it's okay for everybody to have their concerns about what's going on in the world. There's sure. a lot of things broken politically, socially, financially in the world, but these are the ones that five minutes into the conversation, when I start out and say, I know what I want to talk about today, you know, um, what would you like to address? And they're saying, well, what are you going to do when the dollar loses its reserve currency status? You know, what happens when the government defaults on its debt? What happens when the market crashes 90 percent? We're in the next depression. And I'm like, oh, I just meant like, hi, my name's Bob, you know, that, that kind of stuff you know, as, <laughs> as an introduction. And, you know, so, I mean, that's that silo stocker or that, you know, that, that prepper in the sense that they don't really have a very realistic, not that any of those things can't happen. Right. But we can't build a future on the one percent chance that something that we have no control over might actually happen. You know, God forbid, hopefully it doesn't. But more importantly, what we have to do is say, here's what we have to focus our plan on, the things we can control. Right. Where are we getting our income from? How do we pay less in taxes legally? And also just making sure we got all the things in order to make sure that you and your family are okay no matter what happens, or at least minimize the damage on a go-forward basis. So, you know, ideally, we want to be more optimistic because if we handle the things that we can control, well, then everything else will take care of itself. But if we plan for, you know, what happens for the next pandemic and let's start planning specifically today, we're going to overlook a lot of opportunities to actually do a lot of good things in the near term and the long term. Yeah, and maybe you're not that far into the silo stalker type of personality. Maybe it's something as simple, Mike, is uh, they're just, they love cash, right? So they keep putting too much in their bank account and they're just being inefficient, right? They're just, they got some lazy money. And I and I get the argument right now could be, well, hey, you know, interest rates have been ticking up. So therefore, I'm, I can get a little bit better rates at the bank than what I've been doing the last, you know, 15 years. Uh, so it could be something as small as that, like maybe one thing you just put too much into, you stock too much into this one asset that is not always a good idea either. No, I'm talking to the crazies sometimes. Oh, okay, yeah. you're getting you're getting <laughs> yeah, those no, as well. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you though. Yeah, some yeah sometimes it's it truly is something as hey, I'm so concerned about you know the you know the world and and the economy and that that I just want to go to cash or I just want to be in you know an insured annuity or <laughs> I just want to be gold. Yeah, any of those things. Yeah, and and they're all still kind of built on that same foundation, one of pessimism rather than optimism. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so number six, the odd couple. I mentioned on the prior podcast that you may find you and your spouse are two different personality types. So certainly the two of you together could be the odd couple, and it was a great play and it was a great TV show, at least the, the original one. Uh, but it, you know, it's conflicting goals. Basically, one wants one thing, one wants another, and they don't often talk about them. Yeah, many times what happens is with couples, especially around money, you know, and then this is probably, you know, the sense, you know, they say more than half of marriages that end in divorce uh, are because of financial, you know, concerns and constraints. And a lot of it just has to do with, you know, usually there's one of the two spouses. Usually it's a husband, but in our practice, sometimes it's it's the wife that, you know, handles most of the day to day on the finances and the investments and those. And the other one is just happy they do. You know, that, you know, ideally, you know, they don't even want to be involved and it doesn't interest them in that. But what happens is all of a sudden they go through a rough patch or they really don't talk about it because one person's handling it rather than the other. But then they come in and, and sit down with me and then we say, okay, hey, well, what's important to you? What are we trying to accomplish? And all of a sudden they've got these two arbitrarily different financial goals. 
you know, one of them, and I'll blame the husband in this case, goes through and says, hey, I just want growth on my money and I want this thing to grow to the sky. And if I can get a little bit of income, that's great. And then I, and I look over spouse and say, hey, well, what's important about money to you? And she'll say, no, I just want to leave a legacy for my kids. I want to live comfortably. I don't want a lot of risk. And those things are in polar opposites of one another. Yet they, even if they've been married 20, 30, 40 years, have never actually sat down at the kitchen table, the two of them together, and actually had that conversation of what does next look like? What are your real financial goals now that you're going into retirement, now that you're in retirement? You know, not only the legacy side of it, but even just risk and income and things like that. So a lot of times, you know, I consider myself the behavioral counselor in the sense that, you know, I'm sitting there and saying, hey, the two of you got to live together, right? Mm -hmm. So let's let's vet this out and say, all right, let's talk about what we're trying to accomplish, how we're going to get there, and how can we do it in a manner that actually both of you are comfortable with? But a lot of times for that odd couple, which was a great play and a great TV show, by the way, I agree, uh, is really just making sure that they're seeing each other's perspective rather than being dug in on their own, because otherwise that's going to cause additional issues, you know, for the relationship down the road. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you you talked about you know one person being one personality type, one being the other. Many times we do see that. And one of them is number seven, and you kind of started to allude to a little bit, and that's the gambler, right? So this is the, you know, they listen to Kenny Rogers too much, or maybe they didn't listen enough. <laughs> maybe they don't know when to hold them and when to fold them. <laughs> I don't know. But they just like to take the risk, right? Nothing wrong with that, but are you risking more than your partner's comfortable with, for one thing, and your own future retirement, your future self is comfortable with? Uh, a lot of times, these folks may be you know, even once you've built them a plan, Mike, maybe they still need some some fun money that they can have their their hot tip with or they can play around. But you got to be careful not to go crazy with this. No, and that is a great way that we explain it to some of the clients as well, because they're, they're one, some will come in taking a lot more risk. And I'll, I'll give an example of a recently prospective client that had millions of dollars that we actually just turned away. And the reason he came in, he said he's working with, he's, he's trade some options on it, the own, you know, which is gambling in and of itself, but you know, it, it can work, but for only a small percentage of people. Mm-hmm. So he came, he came through and he's like, he's like, I said, hey, what are our expectations? What are we trying to do? We needed income off his portfolio and you can't really get that on the option side quite as much. So he said, you know, I really like everything you guys are about, the one-stop shop. You got taxes, estate planning, investments. I, I, I agree with you. I read your book. You know, I heard you on the radio. So it's like he's an ideal fit for us because apparently philosophically we're aligned. And he said, so like on my option strategy, you know, all I'm looking for is about a half a percent a week return and, you know, we'll be good to go. I said, well, wait what, a second, what? half, a, per- half yeah. a percent a week return. First of all, we don't measure it on a weekly return basis, but right. that's 2% a month, which is 24% a year. <laughs> so you would be okay if all we did your, you know, to meet your expectations was a 24% a year consistent return. And I said, you know, historically, and none of our clients are hundred percent in the market, but I said, historically, do you know what like the S and P 500 over hundred years might, you know, on average generate I said, um, I don't know what 10, 12%. I said, yeah. I said, so if you were a hundred percent in the markets over the very long period of time, you could probably anticipate it, you know, return of around 10% or so. Right. But you're asking us for 24% and you want to be more conservative and you need all these other things. I just don't think we're going to be a good fit. And he just couldn't kind of wrap his head around how we wouldn't be a good fit or how we couldn't deliver on that. And once again, you know, full disclosure, doesn't mean you can't have years. You're not up 24% or more. It just means that that can't be your baseline for success because it's not grounded in reality. Where most clients come in is on the gambler side of, you know, indifferent. This will actually come into the model citizen one, which is our next one. It really comes in because 
they the things that got them to retirement, just head down, saving, taking risk, throwing money in the market. And then 40 years later, you're on the other side of this thing, sitting with me being like, okay, here's what we saved. Now it has to last us for the rest of our life. Well, the same strategies you use to get you to retirement will blow up your retirement, taking risk, taking too many chances. It's going to blow up your retirement because you can no longer afford to take that amount of risk, but mentally you haven't changed that. When you've gone from being a saver for your life to being a spender and taking distributions, you know, rather than only going for growth, you're actually taking money out to supplement your lifestyle in retirement. You need to protect that and have a little bit more certainty around your dollars. And the gambler, that's where they fall apart because the strategies that they think got them successful or they think over the last 12 years of a bull run that that's how it's always going to be isn't just very realistic and it can be detrimental to their overall plan. Yeah, great points for sure. Uh, And since you alluded to it, let's hit the model citizen. On the surface, this should be perfect. This is the the client or potential client, I guess, that comes in. It's just done about everything right. Uh, But even those folks, they're still going to have questions. There's still things are still going to happen because life is life. Yeah. So the model citizen is really a lot of our clients, you know, whether they would consider themselves model citizens or not, you know, depends on if they pulled up in the Harley or not, but they would, they would come back and say, you know what, I've done the right thing. I've saved, I took care of my family. I've got a good marriage, you know, everything life is good, but I just don't know what next is. And a lot of times when on the retirement side, you know, we encourage for clients that come to us before they retire is really taking them through a non-financial topic, such as what are you retiring to rather than what are you retiring from? And that means that, you know, are you retiring because you want to spend more time with the kids and the grandkids because you want to travel, you want to volunteer, there's just things you want to do or hobbies, things you want to do, or are you just trying to leave the nine to five? Because the thing is, most people get a lot of their self-worth, a lot of people get their social interaction from work. Now, on a day-to-day, head-down basis, you don't really feel that way. But when it's gone, it can actually leave a big pit, leave a big hole. So making that leap into retirement is, yes, it's a financial one, but it's also an emotional one. It's also a social one that has impact. So part of that model citizen is you have done all the right things, but what's next? And what's next really comes from what we always talk about every week is putting that plan together. We call ours the retirement success blueprint, right? So it's not only talking about, you know, we've added a sixth component to our plan, you know, the first one is income and risk and taxes and healthcare and the estate. But there's that sixth component that we usually talk about with clients. That's a non-financial one, which is really lifestyle. What does next look like for you? You've done all the right things. You've got all the resources you need. We can build a plan financially to have you fine. But then now what does next personally look like for you, for your spouse? And how are you going to spend your time over the next 20, 30 years? Well, you know, whatever personality type you might be doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. It just means you need to get with an advisor who helps you create a strategy that takes that into account, that works within the parameters so that you can actually use that strategy. Because if you get a plan that's just kind of generic and whatever the case might be, and you're a different personality type, might you follow through with it where you get it, go through all the process, but then never really implement it. So having a strategy that works for you is paramount. And that's what the retirement success blueprint's all about. So reach out to Mike and his team at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, or Spotify. And while you're at the website, which you can find all that information there, you can also send in some email uh, emails to the show. And in honor of kind of keeping it within the theme, Mike, we've got one here from uh, Lucas in Libertyville. 
And it sounds like he and his wife are the odd couple. He says, um, I'm not retiring for another five years, Mike. So I don't feel the need to get ultra conservative with the money. But the wife keeps insisting she wants to be more secure. Just how secure should we be at this stage? Yeah, Lucas, like we talk about is one, just making sure that you have enough, right? Enough, not because of what your neighbor says or what the S&P 500 returns are. It's enough to accomplish the goals that you and your wife have in retirement going forward. You know, so as you approach, you're kind of on this landing strip, right? This next five years descent into retirement. So really, I would look at it in two different ways. The first one would be, and this this applies for your wife as well, and maybe that's why she's a little bit more concerned. First one is use 2022 as a fire drill. And what I mean by that is, you know, the in October, the October lows of 2022, the S&P 500 was down about 25% for the year. The NASDAQ was down over 35% for the year. And you had a bunch of other stocks that were down 50, 60, 70%, you know, whether they're in your portfolio or not, you know, that's uh, that I don't know. But basically just say the, the stock market, the more aggressive stuff was down a quarter to a third of everything was gone, you know, over the over just a matter of a few months, your entire life savings, a quarter to a third of it was pretty much gone if you were relatively aggressive or just had a majority of it in the stock market. So use how you felt in 2022 as a fire drill to say, are we okay going through this? If this happened next year or two years or four years as you're you know, within one year retirement, how would this impact you? Would you still be in line to retire? Would this change your lifestyle in retirement? If the answer is we'd be fine, we've saved more than enough, heck, we only need income off a half of this portfolio, the rest of it's growth, we're never going to use all this money, then you can continue to be aggressive. Now, your wife has to be comfortable with that, and that's a decision you know, between the two of you. But more importantly, we like to talk, because most of our clients are just really good savers, have done the right things as they're approaching within five years or closer or in retirement. And then the conversation that we have is kind of where your wife's coming from. If you've won the game, Stop playing the game. So here is a Bears fan. And by the way, until they sell it off, they still have the number one pick next month in the in the draft. So with that, it's, you know, if they're playing the Packers, and let's say, you know, as typically happens, we're losing to the Packers by four touchdowns, and there's three minutes left. Aaron Rodgers isn't winging the rock around the, the field. They're just handing the ball off, running, getting a couple yards, killing clock, right? Right. Because they've, they've won the game. So there's no reason to take all kind of risks. There's no reason to try to blow this thing up. They've already won the game. And that's how a lot of people are as they approach retirement. If you've got enough to generate the income you can live, why would you want to take more risk than you need to? There's, you know, When you get to retirement, it's not a scoreboard anymore where you're standing at the water cooler being like, oh, market went up 20. Well, I made 22 or I made 18. Nobody cares, right? This is the rest of the money that you're going to have for the rest of your life. It's got to last you for 20, 30 years. Now, if you're not there, maybe it's a different conversation on why you feel you need to take additional risk. But if you and your wife believe you've saved enough, then really it might make some sense to get a little bit more. Now, that doesn't mean to go to get cash and canned goods. You know, you still want to be in the market. You still want to have some growth. But at what level you need that is just going to be a function of what does your plan say? Are you on track? Are you close? Or do you need to make some tweaks along the way? You know, so I would highly encourage you, whether it's us, you know, or some other fiduciary financial planner, just sit down, get that plan together and make sure you're saying, hey, you know, if I were to retire today or five years from now, based on how we're allocated, what we're doing, is there more financial harm for taking risk and it can mess with our long-term retirement? 
or are we in a good enough shape where we would be okay and be able to weather that storm? So Lucas, that, that's the way that I would proceed because just let the plan dictate how you should be invested instead of just trying to get more and more and more if it's not going to change your lifestyle, but in a downturn, it can actually disrupt it. Maybe you can find that happy medium for you and the spouse, as they say, happy spouse, happy house. Uh, and if you haven't heard that, that's I like that one better than the other one. So there you go. That way everybody gets happy. But uh, reach out and have a conversation if you're in a similar situation because it is it is true. you got to find that happy medium for both of you that accomplishes the goals not only for what you need to enjoy retirement, but also to keep that uh, emotional and, and uh, you know stress component at bay as well. So that's what the Retirement Success Blueprint and many other components of it are all about. So get started today if you need some help at crystallaketax.com. That's Crystal lakeattacks.com. You can subscribe to the podcast there as well, or just go search Retirement Success Blueprint in whatever podcasting app you like to use. Mike, thanks for hang, uh, hanging out, buddy. Good luck with the Bears uh, in, the, in the draft. We'll talk before then, possibly, but uh, we'll see how it goes. All right. See you in April, Mark. All right. We'll catch you next time here on the show. This has been the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart from Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC, are not associated entities. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial is a franchise of the Retirement Income Store. The Retirement Income Store and Sound Income Strategies, LLC, are associated entities.